What's that understanding? We're on a mission from God. Yeah, man, on a mission from God. It's Aaron, Dave, right now, Patrick later. (laughs) (laughs) We're putting the band back together. Forget it. Don't wait. We're on a mission from God. And Aaron, the band this week. Matt, me and Elwood, putting the band back together. Ma'am, you gotta understand that this is a lot bigger than any domestic problems you might be experiencing. Would it make you feel any better if you knew that what we're asking Matt here to do is a holy thing? You see, we're on a mission from God. Where's your old servant from South Carolina? First you trade the Cadillac for a microphone. Then you lie to me about the band. Now you're gonna put me right back in the joint. They're not gonna catch us. We're on a mission from God. And we got all kinds of fun stuff going on today. We went and saw a big show last night. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. It was fun seeing uh, Matt and talking to him again. We got to see uh, Matt Sassano and... uh, I'm going to miss my cue here if I talk. (laughs) <laughs> Lord works in mysterious ways. Yep. Yep. All right. Strike up the band, Sal. You know, I'm usually pretty good, though. You, like, you and Patrick can be talking and everything, and I'll hear it. I'll still catch my cue, but I just knew I'd drop it today if I did. Anyhow. Yeah, we went to see uh, Seventh Day Slumber, Magdalene Rose, and... Matt Sassano, along with another band that we didn't know called In The Midst, which they're going to be coming on the show. Yeah, they're from San Diego, and the lead singer is a pastor down there. And uh, Every other Saturday, they, they host concerts at their church, uh, which is kind of cool. Cool. And so, uh, you know, it, it's not every day you meet a pastor with a, would you call that a mohawk? A big red mohawk. Yeah, <laughs> you know. But I, I tell you what... Um, I was talking to Matt a little bit, and I and I popped inside to, Matt to see them. Matt Sassano, and uh, I just love the guy's heart. He just it, um, just loves people, and I was like talking to him afterwards. Says, "Hey, you gotta come on the show." And he goes, "Love to. Um, let's work it out." And so we're gonna work it out. So it was great to see Matt, and uh, we've been trying to get Matt. He's been real busy. He, he signed with uh, before when he talked to us the first time, and you can check out that interview. Um, in our archives, uh, he had not signed with Rockfest Rec- Rock Records yet, which is uh, Seven Day Slumber uh, Joe Rojas' label. Um, and he's been real busy trying to put out music for the label and all that. So uh, he's going to go back in the studio and he'll have a few days to uh, talk to us. So that would be great. Also, and, uh, uh, talked with Magdalene Rose. Yeah, formerly uh, with. Used to play with her sisters in GFM, and she, she's doing a soul thing, and uh, she was great. I, uh, I, that that shark spray uh, video and song and all that—it's got like two hundred thousand hits on YouTube, and it's great. So. I haven't seen the video yet, yeah. but uh, I did get to spend some time talking to Magdalene, and um, she's pretty cool. I, I expected her to, to be a little more reserved, but uh, she was very forthcoming with any answers to questions that I had. Um, 
I think this show was better than the GFM show. What do you think? Yes. Yeah, I told her yeah. that. I told her that. I not not that I didn't like seeing GFM, but this was uh, in the. I, this is what I said to Magdalene in the one year since we've seen uh, Magdalene Rose, the first time with GFM last year, and now solo. Uh, she has matured, and that's a positive thing. I like when bands mature in their music, and uh, she's definitely matured on stage and in, in her music. It's a good band. Yes. And, uh, man, once she, she's got a song that she played that was unreleased, I usually don't usually care And untitled her. at the moment, too. Yeah, untitled and unreleased. She uh, was like, uh, you just want to drop a name yeah. at my table, uh, let me know what the name should be. Yeah. It was uh, kind of cool. Yeah, but I don't normally go for the screamo music, but, man, right out of the shoots, it was like she just... Jumped off the stage, got in your face, and started growling. <laughs> it was very in your face, and uh, it was it was good. Yeah, the pastor from In the Mist that was down there, and they're all um, I don't know, Masha. Uh, well, it was they're a prayer in the pit, pit. A prayer pit. Yeah, they had formed a prayer pit, which was kind of nice, and uh, I think she was kind of like digging it, you yeah. know. Yeah, there was and a good like, there was a good vibe and energy in the room when uh, Magdalene Rose was on stage, and Matt yeah. Sassano as well. Yep. And someday, seven day slumber closed out the night. Uh, I was busy talking to people, so I didn't yeah. see too much of of Joe. It's really good show, you yeah. know. Joe always puts on a good show. Um, you ever have a chance to see uh, them perform? Go ahead and do it. And and you may. Um, last year we we you said we saw GFM. They were on the Fozzie tour, and uh, there's talks according to Madeline. Um, that uh, Seven Day Slumber and Madeline Rose will join Fozzie um, later this fall on the same tour. So hopefully we'll oh, see him on the West Coast again. That might be a again. great show. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that was our uh, our big night last night. Yeah. I'm still recovering from it, and I didn't drink. Yeah, I had, <laughs> I had to uh, go to work right afterwards, and so... Uh, it went, sucks went, getting went, old. Yeah. <laughs> went home, got two hours sleep, and uh, we're now we're recording the show. Yeah, here we are. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you wanted to talk about going to see Bobcat a couple of weeks ago. Yes. Which we did, which was fun. I can scratch it off my bucket list. I've always wanted to see Bobcat Goldthwaite. Um, I've seen him. I probably won't go back a second time, but it was funny. I had fun. And uh, on a different note, talking about getting old, though, man, it kind of sucks seeing your your i don't want to call them idols but your celebrities that you grew up with and and bob's sitting there talking about all his ailments and you know he doesn't move too fast and he's got this ailment and that ailment and it's like ah uh, uh, please don't tell me anymore i just feel so bad for you <laughs> also too is like yeah i remember when i used to uh, sell out uh arenas and now i'm in this little club <laughs> yeah you know and, and but he seemed perfectly content. Yeah, I think is, he's good this with is, where he's at in life. Yeah, this is who I am. And, you know, thank you for showing up and listening to me. This, you know, get off my lawn guy, you know. <laughs> yeah. For, I think, he did, you know, 45-minute hour uh, um, set. And and he, he told really your good. favorite joke. Oh, yes. The the story the about the... Uh, fire truck. The, <laughs> it's a story about a uh, true story about a plane that he was on. Yeah. Um. 
where the engine blew up. And uh, also on this plane was the uh, Olympic, uh, the Special Olympics team. Yes. And uh, uh, everybody's freaking out about they might crash and die. And the airline pilot, I'm not doing the joke justice. You have to go listen to it. But uh, the airline pilot gets on the loudspeaker and he says, you know, don't be alarmed. When we we land, we'll be surrounded by fire trucks. And somebody in the back screamed out, fire truck. And uh, now the, the beauty of that joke is because people always go, ooh, you shouldn't have told that joke. No, he says, look, if if you're denying that these people say anything funny, you're denying that they're human. Yeah. Dude was excited about seeing a fire truck. Yes. <laughs> I mean, yeah. what's wrong with that? That's funny. It is funny. So uh, it was a good show. I enjoyed it. Yeah. And the other part. We've all in, been somewhere when a guy's like, uh, you know, you know, I, I, I'm going to mess you up and getting loud and whatever. <laughs> Todd's you know, had, yeah. had too many Red Bulls. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's always like, uh, uh, it, it just the story reminded me of you, you ever see like the dugouts clear at a baseball yeah. match? Yeah. And they all act. They all get out there and they puff out their yeah. their, their chest. But somebody's got to hold somebody back. Yeah, yeah. But and no one ever takes any swings. It's just everybody comes out, you know, because that's what you have to do. Right. And, and nothing ever happens. I mean, we've had a few uh, really barn burners lately. You know, guys get into it, but it's mostly like you know, you do that again. You know, <laughs> uh, and, and the guy that goes, you know, if you throw at me, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I'm going to run out you with, run to the mound with my bat. Well, Bobcat that, has a joke yeah. uh, about Todd and his Red Bulls. Yeah. And uh, what I say this all the time. I, I do give him credit. I say it all the time because it's so true, which he said, you know, if you walk down the street and someone runs up to you and go, I'm going to kill you, just screaming and everything, he goes, don't worry about that. They're not going to kill you. <laughs> but somebody just passes by you and go, I'm going to kill you later. That's the guy you got to worry about. <laughs> yeah, that reminds me of a story my dad told me uh, with his uh, uh, Uncle Joe. They were uh, Uncle Joe told Uncle the Joe story. Biden. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Uncle Joe. Uh, uh, it's Uncle Joe or George? I can't remember which one. Oh come on, uh, man! No, but a guy he was, uh, you know, there opening up his business in the morning, and a guy pulled the knife on him and said, "Hey, give me your money." Like this, so he he pulls out his wallet and hands him the cash he has, um, on him, and he says, uh, "I want your wedding ring too," you know. And he goes, uh, "If you try to take my wedding ring, um, I'm gonna kill you." Yeah, I'm gonna, <laughs> you know, I, I may take your knife and do something with it. And uh, he didn't like yell at the guy or whatever. He just said, "No, you're not taking my wedding ring." You know, we're going to have problems. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, Uncle George or Joe, whatever, still has his wedding ring. Yeah. Uh, See, he, uh, he, he, the guy, slowly, I, I got the money. I'm, 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 I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good now. Well, you know, I, um, my, my friend Dane, he called me the rattlesnake. And he said, you're, this is why I call you the rattlesnake, because before you strike, you always warn. And that's so true. I do. I always say, "Hey, hey, you know what? You're gonna keep doing that. You're gonna, you're gonna really get under my skin." And 
that's not a good thing. I'm going to go off. I really don't want to go off. Um, so how about you just stop doing that? That's kind of usually the route I take. And I'll do that a couple of times. I'll, I'll rattle. I'll rattle a couple of times. Hey, you better knock that off. I warned you. Um, and then I snap without notice. I've notified you twice in the in the past. You didn't tell me. <laughs> uh, uh, yes, I did. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I even told you how I would react to it. Yeah. <laughs> and so now you're upset? I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand. You don't have a right to be upset when you continue doing something that I asked you nicely not to. And you went, eh, screw it. I'm going to do it anyways. <laughs> so, uh, you know, you get what you get. So if you get a chance to go see uh, Madeline Rose, uh, Matt Sassano, or Seven Day Slumber, please do that. And uh, they were great last night and support them. Uh, also, if you get a chance to see uh, Bobcat. Yeah, go uh, see Bobcat. Yeah, from uh, Police Academy and all those other movies he was in. Yep. Uh, definitely uh, take the chance to go see it. He's, he's uh, funny. He's very funny and interesting stories. Yeah, uh, he's a storyteller. Yes. That's what makes him. He's not a joke teller. He's a no. storyteller. And that's and he what does makes a very him, good job. Yeah, he, he doesn't do the whole uh, uh, screaming, uh, I'm, I'm looking for for a clip i should have been more prepared but um the whole screaming thing that he used ah! to do yeah in uh, that thing um he did it once and it still sounds the same he just probably can't keep reloading that you know yeah oh i typed in bobcat scream and i got a bunch of bobcats <laughs> uh how about bobcat goldthwaite eh, eh, I, I know this is a great radio isn't it yes um <laughs> we're always so prepared always uh, here's here's Bobcat Goldthwait just screaming. That's the title of this. I <laughs> 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 can't do that anymore. Yeah, you, can't, you know. <laughs> And by neither, the way, I don't think he wants to either. By the way, that is 30 seconds of Bobcat screaming just clipped together. No jokes. <laughs> just all the clips of him screaming clipped together. Yeah. And so and if you're kind of wondering, who are they talking about? Now you know. Now you know. Yeah. It's the guy from uh, from Police Academy that screams. Yes. <laughs> Not the one that makes funny noises, as Bobcat would say. Yeah. I know you don't like this, and I forgot to tell you, um, I got sent a song from um, Decay and Martyr this week. Oh, nice. I like those guys. Yeah. And so we're going to uh, play that on the show. All right. You know, um, let me, I'm going real fast here. The name escapes me right now, and we're so prepared again. <laughs> yeah, you want to just dart over? No, 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 no. <laughs> Uh, Tortured Angel is Oh, the no, song. we're 15 minutes in. Don't start yeah, this one yeah, over. Yeah. <laughs> Tortured Angel is the new single. And uh, thank you, uh, Thomas, for sending it our way. And so enjoy Decay Martyr on the Rock Salt Musecast Experience. Stop the bombing, cause you're dead, torture the jump. 
Newscast experience with Aaron, Dave, Patrick, and Jermaine on a mission from God. You guys rock.
Rock Salt Musecast Experience. Hey, Dave Patrick. ADP, the macho man. Ooh, Ooh yeah. yeah. Brother. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we got this great band that uh, found us, Aaron. They're called Ritual Servant, and here they are. All the way from South Carolina. South Carolina. How's things out in South Carolina behind, besides humid? Rainy. <laughs> humid and raining. <laughs> Is it really raining right now? Uh, earlier, yes. Yeah. Do you guys? Uh, past, past few days. Past few days. Uh, if, uh, sunny and ninety out here in California, by the way. Um, do you yeah, guys? It's get... also liberal and taxed and super gay too. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, oh, you know, you got to take the good with the bad. Right. <laughs> you can move. You can move. That that's that's the plan. Well, Aaron's bailing. Yeah, I've, uh, I've, I'm I've, out. I'm kind of anchored for the moment. Yeah. Um, so you guys get hurricanes out there where you're at? Yes, actually, it's uh, interesting every year. Something to uh, look forward to. <laughs> so yeah, I'll bet <laughs> we don't have earthquake season in California. So um, no, it's always earthquake. Yeah. Season. Let me introduce the guys. We got Patrick Best, Seth Boone, and Ryan, who didn't give me his last name. He's uh in the secret Robuck. protective witness production <laughs> program thing. Um, if we hear a knock at the door, we know Seth's got to go. I've got a voice changer, <laughs> Ryan. <laughs> we'll blur out I'll your face. Out. Here we go. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Man. All right. Uh, you guys are, uh, man, I'm so glad you found us because you sound a lot like Metallica. And that's a compliment, by the way. A lot like Metallica. Okay, don't everybody speak at once. This is great, though. <laughs> um, here's my thing, though. You don't have a bass player. Is that no, it? No. Um, uh, I, I have a mutual friend that I've, I've worked with for years, um, recording and, and, uh, and, and playing with uh, gigs and stuff. And um, he just he fits the mold, you know, perfectly. Um, when we did the first record before we got Ryan, when, when Seth and I got started, um, he really he just kind of jumped at the the chance to play bass on the EP the 777 EP we put out uh and then it moved into he wanted to play bass on the full full record um and what he plays just is perfect he he totally understands the 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 direction we're headed musically and uh he just he gets it so we haven't um we haven't really needed that yet <laughs> okay right you could, right. could have said John Cooper couldn't, you know, couldn't well, be on Well, you know, today. I was going to offer this up. I was going <laughs> to offer up this idea because I know this bass player. He's pretty good. You might have heard of him. Uh, his name's Jason Newstead. And <laughs> he was in this little band called Metallica for a blip, you know, just a couple albums. <laughs> That's just my joke. All right. Um where where do I start with you guys? Well, I, just, I, I, I mean, how did the name come about? That's the uh, the question I've been right. like, right? You know, and you probably get that all the time. I've got a ton but, of questions. It's just like, where do I start to tie yeah. it all together? So, um, all right, let's start with the, I, the name. Yeah. how the name. Can I take about? a can I take a stab at it? Okay, go ahead, Patrick. Did it did it did it come from like um like uh, first and second Samuel by chance at all? No. Ah, oh. all right, no, um, I'm out. Swing and a miss. When I uh, guess <laughs> yeah. 
before I actually before I even got in contact with Seth, I uh, was in another band and I was kind of having that whole Holy Spirit pull on me uh, to um, do something different and, uh, and and cross over, so to speak, um, because I, I kind of had one foot in the, the light and one foot in the dark. Um, so I decided that this time I was going to do it not lukewarm. <laughs> There's that quote at uh, that that drop for Revelation three sixteen, um, and and just go full throttle, you know, hot uh, for Christ. And so I wanted to name the band Servant, and I found there was a band called Servant from like thirty years ago from Canada. I'm a big uh, ba- I'm a big fan of Servant, by the way. <laughs> all right, so I um I emailed them and they got back to me and I told them you know what I wanted to do. On uh, my my like my idea, and they were concerned about their fans getting it confused with us, and they still had albums, and uh, they were putting out and selling. So, long story short, they were they were very uh, very kind, but they declined. Um, so I prayed about it for a couple of weeks, and I went through that whole process when you try to come up with a band name and just start writing down ideas, and I kept crossing them off. I actually still have the actual. The actual list in one of my journals um and i came upon uh ritual and ritual is something you do every day it's something you put into practice it's something you you try and follow so uh we're all called to be servants of christ like christ was um and it's constant every day you know take up your cross daily and follow me so it made perfect sense to me um and it kind of had that whole metal vibe to it, the whole ritual, name ritual. Uh, so I wanted to do servant, but then God said, no, I wanted to be ritual servant. So it's uh, it really fit the metal vibe as well. And it really fit the message, uh, most importantly. Gotcha. Well, you know, it's like uh, George Foreman with his kids. I guess God couldn't go, hey, you can't all be named servant. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> I guess my humor is pretty dry today. Uh, I noticed I got in, that joke. I, I, I thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, because this is what I get. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't hear any crickets. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, um, I was watching your videos on YouTube this morning, and I got two things popped into my head. Number one. Um, I don't think we have to ask, Hey, what's this song about? Because it seemed like every song had some Bible story or Bible verse attached to it. Mm-hmm. Is that accurate? Yeah. The whole mission Absolutely. of ritual servant is scripture based Christ exalted metal gospel. So every single tune has to come from that source. Do you find it difficult to, say take a verse well let me back up do you start with a verse is that where you start is that the seed of the song yeah i think that um you know since uh i've been doing this um with the writing and stuff um it's more about just i actually (laughs) the holy spirit just tells me what to write about like i pray about it and i say where what direction do you want me to head to next what is it you want me to write about and I'll and be in my devotion or I'll be 
Uh, I, I think half, almost half the record of, of, of Matalam Evangeli uh, came from sermons and devotions and things that I read, just ideas, um, things that I, I saw um, or heard about um, that had to do with scripture. And then I would just kind of get in the word and pray about it. And, and the Holy Spirit would just, just open it up. Um, and then when I got on my guitar, the Holy Spirit did all the riff, did all the writing. Uh, and it's still that way. Uh, like, uh, you know, right now we're kind of in talks of what we're going to write about next. And we're all like, okay, let's just pray about it. And then the Holy Spirit kind of opens up that door every time. And, you know, people always say, you know, where did you get all this stuff? And it's like, I, we didn't write it. It just all came from the Holy Spirit. So it came from the man upstairs. The, yeah, absolutely. Now that said, do you ever find yourself with a bit of writer's block? You know, you got this verse, you got this idea for a song, but you know, putting the words to paper, I guess might be difficult or maybe a riff that you're working on or something like that. Is there ever that stoppage where you're like, I can't get past this one. Oh, uh, absolutely. I mean, I, I think that's, that's yeah, absolutely. Um, but I also feel like that's way of um, God saying, you know, it's not, not time yet. You know, it's not, it's not time yet. And let's stop and, and think then, about this, right? Yeah. Let's let, and not only that, but let's, you know, let, let's see, let's see what we can do to maybe make it better next time, you know, because mm. maybe this isn't the direction that we want to go down right now. So now do you guys, um, do you guys do your own recording or do you guys, um, actually go to a studio? Do you have a home base or, or what do you guys, how do you guys lay it down? That is the, <laughs> that is the question. <laughs> That's how the whole second record came together. Uh, we usually touch base or at least Pat and I have in the past, uh, with the bassist, Brian, uh, he's also a brilliant producer. He knows how to capture that really classic thrash sound. Uh, so it began with me coming down to where Pat and Brian are. Uh, and then as soon as Ryan came on board, uh, we all started to develop our own studios at home. But it's, you know, that triangle and that process has just expanded. Isn't that fantastic that we live in this age where you can go down to the music store or jump online and build your studio at home? I mean, like any average person mm -hmm. can build a recording studio at home now. It I, must be a bass player thing because my bass player I consider a genius too. So it may, it must be something with just the the low end in the band. They're like I can produce this, and I'm they're geniuses. They're absolutely. Oh my god, four strings. No, it's great. It's great because you know, like I said, Brian and I, you know, we're right down the street and from this. I'm from right down the street from the studio, and you know, I, I'm in Myrtle Beach in Sesson, Columbia. And Ryan's in Georgia, but Ryan is an excellent producer himself, and mm -hmm. he has a long history of um, working with engineering and producing and production. So, um, just when we when I met Ryan online, and, and just everything coming about, coming together, and us hitting it off and talking, and then praying about the direction, uh, and then the Holy Spirit opening both of us just to basically saying, "Yeah, let's do this." And Ryan's on board. Um, it's just it's been the doors have been flying open, uh, especially uh, after, you know, we were able to get back to the, sort of a normal, normal routine uh, with the pandemic and being able to get back in the studio. I mean, you're talking over three years, this album took mm -hmm. because we had so many uh, roadblocks and, and so many um, just struggles that we had to get through. Just well, sort of now that you, now that I know that you're on Myrtle beach, we're going to have to plan a show together down there. 
Uh, that one's going to be a barn burner. For I sure. want to come play the beach. You know, the I beach. was I was thinking while I was watching your videos, uh, I would totally be down. I've seen Metallica probably five times. I would totally be down for a ritual servant Metallica show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're, we're just waiting for the call from James any day now. Yeah, man. Um, yeah. Hey, you know, I, we. Uh, uh, Seth was we, on before you were, and he said he'd had deleted that voicemail. So. <laughs> oh. Okay. Yeah. Now, now it's up. Now we're waiting on the call from James. He didn't like James's time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now I was watching. Last thing the- he said was yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. You know it's interesting too because. I don't know how many people actually know this, um, but I started dropping an Easter egg uh, back in, what was it, September of maybe 21, Seth? Like September 21, um, because, you know, with COVID and everything, just taking so long, you know, way past what the year and a half it should have taken, but... um, 14 days to flatten the curve is what they told me. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I felt like 14 years, right? So... So I started doing, um, I, I came up like Holy Spirit gave me, gave me the name for the record, you know, and it was going to be called Lux Eterna. And, you know, down the road, you know, a few months ago, Metallica drops a video. <laughs> Lux they've never done anything was, Latin yeah. that I know of. And it was long before them. to be Lux Eterna, mm-hmm. um, which means, you know, basically eternal light. Uh, so that was a real interesting moment for for seth and i and ryan like you know i had been hashtagging lux eterna lux eterna lux eterna if you if you go on facebook you'll see it all as far as back as september 21 you know and uh all of a sudden they're dropping the lux eterna video and we keep getting constantly compared to metallica 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 so so i, I don't know if they got wind of what we stole it from your brother that was what i was just thinking like Lars, Lars just, got a hold of it. Right. Lars just walked in and went, I got this. <laughs> I can't do the Lars voice, but his voice is comical. Um, but it was definitely, uh, definitely, definitely, uh, it, it was complimentary in a lot of ways, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's got to be a little disappointing that it's. No, know. no, because, you know, it just, it, it just meant that we had something better coming down the road. And that's when, you know, the, the, the name uh, Albus Mendacium was was introduced and we decided to go back to one of our songs on the first record amongst the wolves and i had been really convicted about um false prophets uh and so seth and i and ryan we all kind of agreed that albus mendacium uh which is latin for white lie um would be the perfect name for the record um because you know i know growing up like we all did we always heard you know white lie nothing wrong with little white lie you know that's it's a big thing going on in 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 the in the church today, and and uh, we thought that it was very relevant to not only scripture times but now as well, especially now. Well, some of these churches nowadays uh, they they've grown into big black lies, uh, and I don't mean that in a bad way I, as far as like race or anything like that. I wanted somebody cancel me, but I'm just saying that the in the church nowadays. I, I see it a lot out here in liberal California where, uh, you know, it starts out as the little white lie of, uh, you know, well, that's okay. The, you know, just be nice to everybody, love everybody, and everything will work out. But it's grown into this thing of, well, we hate Christians. I go to this church, though, and they preach what I want to hear, which is it's okay for me to do what I'm doing, whatever that is. 
And uh, but I hate Christians who try to preach otherwise. And it's like, well, I just look at the book and go, well, I don't know. It's an instruction book. The Bible's an instruction book for life. And I don't know. This line right here says this. So I don't know why you hate me. Did I right. translate that properly for it the might, yeah, thing? Honestly, honestly, Dave, it might be in your delivery. I'm just saying. Yeah, it's totally my delivery. Totally. I've heard a few of your jokes today, and it's probably the delivery, bro. I'm not firing on all cylinders, guys. Uh, it. I saw a, a thing from uh, oh, not the bee or whatever. Yeah. You know, uh, it was like uh, you know, pastor believes what the Bible says. How dare he? You know. <laughs> yeah. You know, and but and that's the, the lie. Yeah, that that's is. the big lie I'm talking about. The little lie started, but it's grown hair, man. Yeah, that's why we wanted to make this. I to build off what Patrick said. I really believe that was a central focus of this record. And I mean, I was listening to another podcast that Ryan was on recently. He talked about deconstruction and like how we all had to go through a deconstruction phase. Uh, really, some of us are in the process of reconstructing. And what does that mean to be a Christian in modern times when it is so prevalent to, to embrace that white line? Like it's going to be okay to not be okay, to quote Pratt. Yeah. Um, something yeah, else and, I, and I think, I, I think what, what, what Seth's saying, I mean, it's, it's just spot on. You know, it, it starts with that, that little white lie and it just grows. You know, yeah. it grows and, you know, it's like you said, it, you know, people are going to want to go where they're told that they're okay you know if you start pointing fingers and you start telling people that they might be doing something that they don't want to hear then they might not be back the next week help um, me help me out here uh i look to aaron because he's the bible college guy but uh help me out because i got a bad memory with this but doesn't it say somewhere in the bible about tickling the ear or something like that satan to come and tickle the ear or something yeah it's oh. it Go ahead, Patrick. No, you go ahead. You go ahead, Patrick Best. Uh, I'm not gonna work, <laughs> remember? He's, hey, hey, Rivers, he's the best, Patrick. Yeah. Hey, are you a, are, are you a bass player? <laughs> <laughs> no. See, now you insult me. Now you insult me. Um, no, no. Um, but yeah, I mean it's it's he he's 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 called the great deceiver, you know, and he is also called the prince of this world. Um, and it's, it's for, you know, for, for, for those of us who, who, who see, see that it's, it's that wisdom and then that discernment, you know, that we constantly pray for to see those kind of things. It's, uh, it's, it's just, it's, 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 it's everywhere. It's out yeah. there everywhere. Yeah. Uh, and, and not, not just in the church. I mean, it's, it's in so many things and, and people are, are being led astray in, in so many ways. Um, and I think that was a big reason I wanted to close the record with uh, Revelation 3.16, because when I first read that verse, I thought about how many people hold on to John 16 and they just, everybody knows John 3, sorry, John 3.16. Everybody knows John 3.16. And it's probably one of the most popular, if not the most popular verse in the Bible, period. And that's just the beginning. You know, that that's that's just where it starts. Right. It doesn't end there. And I think people lose sight of that because especially with new believers who aren't familiar with scripture, um, they might not be investigating it for themselves. They might not be getting in the word, 
they know they might just be taken for uh, what somebody's selling them for face value. And I think that's where that white lie starts. That's where that's planted. I, well, uh, I think that what, what I've noticed over the last 10 years or so is a, we live in a society where personal accountability is non-existent. If, if it goes against what I believe and what my, my judgments and, and nobody, nobody can be um, um, discipled and people aren't being discipled. And so when you try to bring somebody truth and it goes against their narrative or their belief system, it's automatically the defenses are up. I can't be wrong because of whatever, whatever I was raised on. And there's no outside the box thinking or personal accountability for one's own actions. And I mean, I think, I think that the enemy has done a fantastic job of bringing us to that point. And and that's why it says, you know, that the the devil doesn't come in, you know, like a red suit with horns and a pitchfork. He comes as an angel of light. I mean, that's what it says. And he comes as an angel of light. So he comes as something that we desire. It comes as everything we've always wanted. Right. It's, you know, I can give you this just like when he, you know, tempted Christ, you know, in the desert, you know, I mean, he, he said, you can, you can have anything you want. Just bow down to me. All these kingdoms, everything you see can be yours. Just bow down to me. So it's not like he's out to get us. No, he he, he wants to do everything he can to bring us in. And, and it doesn't matter what it is. He, he attacks those weaknesses that we have, that human flesh weakness. You know, um, you know, it says, you know, the heart is willing, but the flesh is weak. Uh, and and mm-hmm. I, I think that um, that's, you know, that's where he gets us. You know, Jesus had been in there for 40 days. He was tired. He was hungry. He was weak. Uh, and what happened? Satan shows up, you know, just attacks him right when it's weakest, weakest time, you know? And I, and I think that's, that's, I think, I think that's everything right now. Um, it's not about like uh, uh, something that we don't want. It's everything that we want that we think we want because, you know, self-preservation that's human nature. I, I want to continue this conversation. I want to uh, play a couple of tunes though. So let's take a break here. We're going to do Lazarus, right? All right. Cool. And, uh, and we'll come back and we'll talk some more about this because this is interesting. Rock Salt Musecast Experience with Aaron, Dave, Patrick, and Jermaine on a mission from God. Rock Salt Musecast Experience on with Aaron, Dave, Patrick. Yeah, it's us. And uh, the ritual servants, ritual servant. Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. I had to. Um, I, I wanted to talk to you about Lazarus, the video, because I really dug it. Um, and it's got, you You were telling me off the air, it's got a, it's an old silent film that you use clips of in the video. Right. What, what do you know what the film is? King of Kings. No, no they have no clue what video they went for, Dave. They just, <laughs> they were just like, huh? This random clip, this random clip. Let's just hodgepodge it in there and see what happens. Some oh, people do. Boy. Some people do. Some people. I kids. pull. Hey, I pull stuff from from old things all the time. I couldn't tell you where any it of was, that stuff uh, came the, from. The Muppets take Manhattan. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um. Yeah. What's the name of the the movie? It's uh. It's it's a silent film uh, called King of Kings. King of Kings. And it's actually, it's, it's about 10 to 13 minutes, I think, a uh, uh, section in that uh, two hour film. So uh, it was just a small part of it that um, I just happened to find. Yeah. It, uh, it makes the video pretty interesting uh, in my opinion. 
Um, I, I'm sorry. I'm gonna I'm gonna liken it again to to Metallica. Reminded I'm gonna throw me, the, yeah. I'm gonna throw I, the remind me of one. I'm gonna throw the M word out there. Um, yeah. When, sorry. When I hit up Seth, like we we had just finished Lazarus. We had just finished the recording. If I'm right, Ryan, isn't that right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, we had just been. We had just finished up recording Lazarus, I think, right? In the studio, yeah. right? Yep. And um, yeah, and and we were all kind of like wanting to shoot a video because it was summertime and we had a chance to get together for the first time. And um, and uh, we all just kind of we, we all we all really just picked Lazarus. Um, I think yeah. because we love the journey of the song and we love the imagery the song brought. Um, and when Ryan just took it to a whole new level with um with the solos and, and, you know, the, the, the harmonies, uh, it, it was just, it was killer. And, um, so we decided to do Lazarus and I, I, Seth will tell you, you know, hands down, you know, Metallica was the first thing I thought of was one, the one video. Mm -hmm. Um, mm. I love that video and how they incorporated, uh, the, they actually used two movies, um, or, or, or two films or whatever. Um, and I love how, uh, it, they they had said they never were going to do a video, uh, if I remember correctly, and um, that was the first one they ever did, and yep. it kind of exposed them, you know, in in a, in a huge way with MTV, right. and Beavis and Butthead, you know, got a hold of it and all that, <laughs> and um, it just became overnight success, basically. Um, but I wanted to uh, to to really uh, uh, emulate that in a, in a sense, um, but do it our way, of course. Um, but I loved how it shifted from them playing to the um, the military film, right? And right. them playing to the military film. And that just brought that song it, it just to a whole new level of understanding for people who had never really listened to the lyrics um, and never understood what uh, soldiers can go through in time of war. And um, just seeing that, that, uh, that soldier in, in that catatonic mm -hmm. state that he was in um was just powerful to me mm -hmm. and so i um i really grabbed hold of that video for for uh the influence for lazarus as far as the um the tone and uh and um the imagery so when i wow. found that silent film I, I just i told seth i was like this is this is gonna be good and we even made ourselves uh the same tone as far as the coloring so that we would fit like like we almost became like part of that film uh that right we, right Cause there were parts where I was like, uh, is that a real film or is that something you guys just did for the video? <laughs> you know? So yeah, yeah, it was nicely done. And by the way, I, I, you know, immediately thought of one, but as I watched the video, it didn't, it didn't occur to me that you were making any attempt to be inspired by that video or anything like that. It, it was, it was yours. It just kind of reminded me of that. That's in the good. Style of, yeah, in the yeah. style of. Yeah. In the style of, yeah. That's yeah. perfectly said. Uh, yeah, that's perfect. So I um also watching YouTube uh Seven Trumpets on YouTube. I that was another powerful video. I loved it. Now it was just the lyric video, right? Yeah, yeah. It was actually the um it was the second song that I had written. I wrote I wrote The Sacrifice and I wrote Seven Trumpets right around Christmas time of uh 15. And um, that's when I decided I had something that I thought was special. Um, and then I hit Seth up immediately. And uh, long story short, 
uh, we decided that Seven Trumpets would have been was going to be the better fit to be the debut song that we were going to announce as our you know ritual servant. This is our first uh, demo song that we we're going to put out. This is our first track because uh, it just came out the gate so perfectly. Uh, it grabbed you uh, from the start with the ethereal quality and just that whole apocalyptic vibe because that's what the song's about. So. Um, it, we just Seth and I just we just thought immediately this this is the one you know. I don't know us. why I am uh, attracted to Revelations. Uh, it, I mean, if I had to pick a favorite book of the Bible, it'd be Revelations. I just find it fascinating and interesting. Because um, you want it all to end, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> it's because I live in California. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Instead of moving, he yeah, wants it all to end. Just, just ended. <laughs> you know, I was watching that movie. Um, San Andreas with The Rock. I don't know if you guys ever saw it. Yeah. It's, it's a horrible movie. I know some people love it. It was horrible. I saw it in the theater. But when um, when the big earthquake happens in San Francisco and the tsunami comes in and wipes out the streets, I said, that's probably the best thing that could ever happen to San Francisco right now. Just It needs a good car wash. It just needs some cleaning, man. What you don't know is Dave's got the San Andreas T-shirt hanging in his closet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, He's got a car of Dwayne the Rock Johnson just off camera. Oh, it's your favorite movie, isn't it? You know. It's your favorite movie, isn't it? Yeah, he, he, he tries to do that eyebrow thing every once in a while. I, I wish I could do the eyebrow. <laughs> he goes, he goes to Comic Con dressed as the Rock. I mean, well, I do go to it, cons. It's this a little weird, but I mean, he still got some animosity built up from being cut from the audition. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I could have been one of the guys screaming in the back. <laughs> Anyways, um, the, the, the seven trumpets, when I was watching it and you're laying out the verses and everything, I mean, it really, it's, um, uh, it's just about the, the apocalypse and the, the, uh, um, trying to think the of second, the word, the second coming. Yeah. Thank you. The, not the second coming. I, I mean, yes, the second coming, but I, tribulation, uh, tribulation. Thank you. Thank you. That's the word I was looking for. Um, that one's powerful. That one's powerful. And getting back to what we were talking about in the last break, it kind of ties it all together, doesn't it? I mean, we've got, we've got churches, not all churches, but some churches that are telling the lie and tickling the ear and making you feel good. Um, but it's leading down this path. It's essentially going to be the, what you got in seven trumpets, right? Where do we turn? How do we, how do we fix this? Well, their song. We, yeah. Go ahead. go ahead. No, go ahead. I don't think we do. I think uh, the tune that we have in the uh, on the second album, Hears and Doers, uh, says, "Judge not; righteous judgment will come. Verdicts will be made known." It's not for us to judge. It's just for us to follow the gospel. So Aaron and I were having, uh, I'm going to get off track a little bit. Aaron and I were having a conversation like this last night where um, uh, it, we, we were talking about marriage in general, and I was talking about uh, the whole gay marriage thing. And I went, honestly, look, at the end of the day, um, it's not my life to live. It's your life. You've got to answer for it. Uh, you know, so I'm not going to, you know, hate you for what 
you're doing or anything like that. That's your life to live. You got to answer to God for that. Um, Aaron kind of disagrees with that because you it's give your the, side here. It's the biblical worldview that I try to live my life by. Um, even though, because that lifestyle leads to hell, you know, and uh, that's disappointing to me that someone is choosing hell. That's going to happen, though. I understand that. I love your song, you know, uh, uh, Two Masters. I The name, uh, um, go ahead. Oh, yeah, that's great. What's the name of the song? Two Masters. Two Masters, yeah. And you can't serve two masters. Right. And people are like, still like, you know, yeah, the, I'll choose this. It's like, you know, going to the grocery store and going, I'll choose this and this and this. And w why am I not losing weight? You know, you, right. you have to choose the right things. And I love the song, You Can't Choose Your Masters. And I think there's people in the church, there may be even leaders in the church that are trying to serve two masters like, uh, it's okay. But back to your point is where, where I, you know, again, you can... God is a God of freedom. You can live your life how you want to live, in my opinion. But, you know, if I can stop you or if I can direct you to heaven instead of hell, I'm going to do that the best as possible. Well, but, see, some, I have, I, but some people are going to choose hell. That's what the, the word of God says. Yeah. But you see, I mean, that's like getting mad at a dog for being a dog and barking when somebody's at your door. I mean, the world is going to world no matter what we do. We can't make or direct. And the scripture tells us that they will know us by how we love one another. And honestly, as Christians, we do a poor job of loving one another. We're too busy in our churches arguing about the color of the daggone drapes or the songs we're going <laughs> to sing on Sunday. And, and then we're going to go out and we're going to treat the wait staff at a restaurant like complete garbage after you get up and you do your ritual worship on Sunday mornings, and we expect the world to say, yeah, I want a piece of that Jesus? No, that's it completely falls on us because we don't have to go out and, and, and thump a Bible and force-feed Scripture. We have to go out and be the church, be the example with how we live and how we treat and how we love one another. So, I mean, cramming something down somebody's throat who doesn't want to hear it anyway. Um, Is it going to work? Not at all. Well, there's yeah. nothing thing, like, you know, the thing I love about Jesus is when he spoke, there was no refute. There was no way around it. What he said was truth and he is truth. And he said it. I have not come to this world to condemn this world, but to save it. And question who, did, when, when Jesus would like pretty much, I don't know, rebuke and, and lay a heavy hand what peoples did he lay that heavy hand on? It wasn't the, the drunks. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't the drunks. It wasn't the world, the people living in their sin. He was actually hanging out in, in their parties with them. Uh, it actually says he's reclined with the tax collectors and the sinners and the prostitutes. But but he 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 was heavy-handed with the Pharisaical church of his time and where it belonged, because judgment starts with the church. That's scripture. It's in it's in the book. <laughs> judgment begins in the church. And until we as the church change 
Nothing out there is going to change. And there's a shaking coming to the church. That all these fake, these things that tickle people's ears like you were talking about, Dave. That this tell me what I want to hear, this prosperity gospel, this this Joel Osteen out in whatever they, you know, whatever these, these people are out. And he's preaching. in California too. Is he? I thought he was in Texas. Oh, I, yeah, he I said he was, he's in Texas. But there's a oh, shaking okay. coming. Yeah, he's in Texas. And, 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 and what is, is not of God will be shaken and it will be burned up in the fire. And what remains will be the pure Holy Spirit, the pure church that Jesus always intended. And I do believe that there's going to be a grace period that falls upon the not just the nation of America, but the entire world that leads to true repentance. And who jumps on board at that time, those are the ones who will be saved. And those like us that have remained in faith, because Jesus said he's coming back, will I find faith when I return? Am I going to find faith when I return? And those who have who has held to that garment, that thread of the garment, we are the ones who are going to change the freaking world through Christ Jesus. I'm done with my rant. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> no, I, I want to get I want to get back to the the song, um, uh, uh, Heroes and Doers. Hey, uh, are you guys glad that? You came on for our interview <laughs> between the three of us. <laughs> so I want to get back to the, the song. Here's uh, how did that you know that song come about and uh, which song? The total of the um, Hearers and Doers. Oh, uh, Hearers and Doers. Uh, yeah, and you know, just I lay think, down the I message. Think, I think song. again, you know, I think if you look at if you if you were to ask us what I think what the main theme of the record was, okay. I think it would be conviction. You know. Um, I, we really want our listeners to be convicted, not in a judgmental way, but in their hearts, you know, like, um, you know, it says that where your treasure lies, there your heart will also be. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I think that that says everything, you know, um, hearers and doers is not a judgmental song. It's a convicting song. You know, the album is a convicting album. Um, are we trying to 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 uh, to expose the lie of uh, the white lie? absolutely um but in a loving way you know um I, and, and i think that's what attracted people so much to christ because christ could come and he could cross into samaria where mm -hmm. jews hated samaritan uh because they were half jews right they had um they had inbreeded with um other pagan uh uh, uh religions and uh, nations um so they were considered half jews um, but he could cross over to Samaria and meet the woman at the well and meet her with truth and with love and say, go and sin no more. Mm -hmm. And when people met Christ, they were immediately just, whoa, overwhelmed. You know, let me just touch his garment because I know I can be healed. Um, and I think because, you know, they say love conquers all. And it's it's true. I mean, Every single person that you've ever met or that has ever existed has ever, that's all they've ever wanted is to be loved, to be cared about, to be accepted uh, for who they are. And I think if the, we came with in that direction, in that purpose, then I, I, I think, I think we could turn this around, you know, I think we could, but like, it, like, like so many in the Bible, like the disciples, you know, Jesus said, and Jesus did too. There, there was a town he went to and no one wanted to hear him talk. So what did he do? He couldn't perform any miracles. There was no belief. So he dusted off his sandals and he moved on. Not everyone is going to listen. And there's going to be hearers of the word. 
and there's going to be doers and those people might hear, but they'll, it falls on deaf ears because there's no action taken afterwards. And then there's the doers that hear the word, see the plan and do. And I think uh, hearers and doers was just came about uh, with just that mindset, you know, like, what is it going to take? And I think I was in, I, I know I was in scripture. I'm just, I'm just trying to remember where I was uh, when I read that. Um, and I think it might've been in Kings because there were so many evil Kings um, and only a few that chose to follow the path mm-hmm. of God, the narrow road that we always hear about. Awesome. One of my favorite books in the Bible, first, second Kings, first and second Samuel, my favorite books. Everybody Powerful. Read, it's old Testament. It's old Testament. Shut up. It's good. It's good stuff. <laughs> it, it's yeah, as I tell people, it's scripture. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Hey guys, uh, we're running out of time. I I really do thank you for coming on. Are you guys going to be doing any shows anytime soon? Yeah, they're playing them on with us in Myrtle Beach. Uh-huh. All right, there you go. <laughs> Three days under and uh, ritual servant. Yeah, we'll come and open for you on your home turf. There you go. <laughs> nice. Yeah, you guys doing anything? Uh, playing Patrick, live anytime? Patrick was soon? like, "Yeah, no, that's not going to happen." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, is that um, a no or uh, uh, I'm sorry I keep, I, I, I keep asking the question and Patrick Rivers keeps answering so <laughs> I want to be the best pa- yeah see? there yeah, you go yeah the other Patrick uh Patrick best are you guys going to be doing any or no wait Ryan Roebuck because you're <laughs> hey. such a you're such a talker bro um I can't get a word in <laughs> we're gonna have to bring you back you talk so much on this show yeah <laughs> um you guys doing any I was shows say something about the uh i know we're wrapping up here but yeah yeah go, the, ahead, go, um, go ahead about the obedience thing you know um in john six thirty four or six forty four, he talks jesus is talking about no one comes to him except if, if the father draws him right and i think to speak to what patrick uh the better patrick said which is patrick best <laughs> I'm just kidding. That was my joke of the day. We should have um, got Patrick better and Patrick best. <laughs> no, but um, I take a lot of comfort in, you know, spending time with the Lord and asking for his guidance, you know, to, to love people and to let conversations happen that he has designated, that he has set aside, and to be obedient to that. And it's, you know, it's him who will draw them. You know, you can take this weight on yourself and think, man, I've got to go out and change the world. The truth is, obedience is better, you know, and and that can lead to the change we're talking about, you know, in people. Because ultimately, it's, it's a person and God alone, them together. That's where business is done, right? So I take a lot of... Uh, comfort in that in, in recent years just knowing that you know not everything pans out conversations people relationships but that you know god's working and uh, i take a lot of mm. you know and to, and to move back i didn't get this conversation in either but <laughs> with lazarus when we were doing lazarus i wanted to speak on this for just for a second go ahead um so we were passing you know the song around in the studio from all you know uh, Seth recording his part and Patrick laying it down and everything. It was really interesting when, when, you know, I, I came to, uh, in, in my studio and I started playing just how 
all of them have been different experiences and they've all been anointed and blessed by God. And there's all been a story, but that one in particular, because we got to make a video on it, just how interesting, you know, God was moving in those, in those guitar lines and the rhythms and the riffs and the drums and just how it told the story musically at just this landscape of almost like, you know, that weeping melody that I did. I say I, but I really just think God just said, I'm going to play this through you because you're not good enough to play this anyway. So here's what I want to play. (laughs) (laughs) And so it's just that weeping stuff. So I I could speak a lot to all these songs on this new record, just everything that Patrick was writing spirit influenced and, and, and that Seth was playing and, and that I had an opportunity to play on. It was just, it was really cool to see how God gelled it all together over the course of these last three years and the feedback we're getting and the lives that are being touched by it. It's just, it's a blessing and we're, we're humbled by it. Praise and we're God. thankful and all glory to God. Man. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And, and thank you guys for having us on today. I just wanted to get all that in. That's my little segment. Awesome. Hey, hey Seth, you got a, um, any final yeah. thoughts here? Yeah. Well, whenever, uh, <laughs> Whenever I think of final thoughts, I just like to give it all back to the Lord. But I, I, I can't believe, because Patrick and I, we have known each other for, it's got to be over a decade now. We've been in separate bands, both, you know, influenced by the new wave of British heavy metal, both influenced by like classic thrash metal. Uh, so we've always had a respect for each other. Uh, ever since meeting this man, I knew God had a plan. I was very grateful to have him in my life and to bring us together to create music for his glory. It's been a blessing. Amen, brother. It's it's interesting, too, because as soon as, as, you know, January of 16 hit, I hit up Seth and I said, hey, I got two songs. This is my idea. Here's the name. Oh, cool. I'm not happy where I am. Let's do this. And he he finished up college and boom, you know, it. and then, you know, to get Ryan now has been a true blessing. And I was Um, just to, you know, Ryan and I. We prayed about it, and I think Ryan hit me back the next day. It was like, dude, yeah, I was like, I, was, I wanted to say this too when they released the first record in it was 2019, right? Early 2019. Mm-hmm. Yeah, March. Yeah. Um, you know, I heard it. Um, and th- I wasn't really doing anything at the time while well, I was writing, but I wasn't releasing anything. But I was a fan first, so that's what I told Patrick. I was like, yeah, oh, this is cool. So anyway, I wanted to say that. <laughs> so. Find me yeah. on social media, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, yeah, YouTube, uh, Twitter. Okay. Um, yeah, Facebook. Um, yeah, um, Bandcamp, Bandcamp for sure. Bandcamp. Big, yeah, Bandcamp's a big one for us. I My think we space, got like Netscape. five albums left, and um, then uh, RocksRecords.com, our label in California. Yeah, Rocks has been really kind to Amazing. us. Very supportive band, uh, very supportive yeah, record label. Rocks and, and and you know Scott Waters again, you know, uh, just incredible to work with. Uh, it's a true blessing to uh, be able to have fans of the music first, and then you know say they want to put it out on their label. Uh, it, it's just incredible to have that relationship. Yeah, awesome. Are, are there any plans to kind of get together and play live shows and all that? You know, just... man, we would love to. We okay. really, really would. The okay. reason we haven't already, what Patrick touched on, is uh, I was very adamant about finishing college. I was a late bloomer. I went in my late 20s and I needed to finish. And then we were talking about it and the pandemic hit. And then so that ceased it. Uh, and 
if God makes a way, I know that all three of us are willing, as long as it's done right and for his glory. Absolutely. And I think our biggest thing is, you know, uh, since Ryan's in Georgia and, you know, Seth's in three hours away from me, um, I think it just, you know, Ryan, Ryan said, but, you know, it's, we're not going to go in and do this halfway, you know, we're going to, we're, we're the three that, that are going to want to do this, right. It's going to take mm-hmm. rehearsal. It's going to take time. It's going to take practice. Um, you know, so if, if God wants this, absolutely festivals, if you hear me, you know, we're ready, just open the door, Lord, you know, and, and, and we'll be there. Let me make a few calls. Yeah, I'll we, drop your, I'll drop your names we, in some hats. Yeah, I think you deserve to be on a couple of festivals. Yeah, that would be great. And I appreciate you guys um, having us on, you know, by the way, and and, and taking the time out from uh, to do this and and mention us last night at the show. That was that was great. Yeah. But uh, yeah. yeah. Well, we appreciate you coming on. We appreciate you spending your time with us. And uh, definitely you got to come back, especially Ryan, man. Hey, he talks so much, man. I, I may add, it'd be like a day off for me. I really, I really am a yapper, but I was really, I know I could tell I reserved myself. <laughs> well, I think, I think I cut Ryan off. I'm sorry. No, no, no it's all good. It's all good. All right. I, just mess I was trying up. to be the better Patrick. Uh, don't be the, don't be the, don't be the better Patrick. Be the best Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys for coming on. It it it, it, it was a pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. Gonna do a couple more here from Ritual Servant. Rocksaw Musecast Experience <laughs> with Aaron Dave, Patrick, and Jermaine. On a mission from God. Rocksaw Musecast Experience. Hey, Dave. Nope, Patrick. ADP in the house. <laughs> At least we got Get those. Some. Get some. Yes. All right. Uh, oh, get some. There you are. Um, I was I was flipping through some news stories the other day, and this one came, I came across, and I was like, "All right, what is this one about?" Um, you ever heard of a cartoon called Bluey? No. Okay, neither had I. Uh, apparently, it's a children's cartoon from Australia that's that gets imported to America. Um, the headline is what caught my eye. Controversial Bluey episode has seen pulled after backlash. And I, uh, really, am I going to read again about how somebody's trying to indoctrinate our kids or something stupid like that? Here's the article from uh, uh, Kiss 108 FM iHeart. Yeah, all right, Kiss 108 FM iHeart. Uh, Bluey is a popular series that cha- children across the globe love. The Australian kids show centers on an energetic puppy and the adventures she goes on with her family and friends. Typically, it's very innocent and sweet, but a recent episode has caused an uproar among some viewers. The episode aired in Australia in April, but hasn't yet been shown in America. Nor will it ever, since it has been edited after the backlash it received and all the future airings will have the scene and questions removed. So what happened? Well, many viewers felt that the episode titled Exercise exhibited fat shaming. In one scene, Bluey's dad, Bandit, steps on a bathroom scale, then laments about his weight to Bluey's mom, Chili, who had walked into the room with Bluey's sister. Bandit states, oh man, 
I just need to do some exercise. Chili responds, tell me about it. Then Bandit grabs his stomach and looks at it as Bluey asks, why don't you just do some exercise? Among those upset by the show was Aussie girl. Uh, you know what? I refuse to talk about YouTube influencers who do nothing and get millions of dollars. So there's some Aussie YouTube influencer who's upset about the episode and she whirled it up. How about that? Uh, whose focus is analyzing Bluey episodes. What a call in life. What do you want to be when you grow up, Aaron? I'd like to jump on YouTube and analyze children's cartoons for the rest of my life. And get paid. And get paid. This is a ridiculous world we're living in. Um, anyways, she, uh, she shared a 16-minute uh, video about why the episode wasn't good. <laughs> it wasn't good. Here's 16 minutes of why it wasn't good. It couldn't, believe, it couldn't be for any reason like, oh, you're not in the target demographic. <laughs> <laughs> Pediatric dietitians also shared their frustrations. Like Dr. Kyle Ringrose, who wrote on Instagram about how really uncomfortable the episode made her. Well, the makers of the show, Ludo Studios, listened in a statement. The Australian broadcasting company said the recent episode of Bluey Exercise has been republished by the ABC, the ABC, not ABC here, following a decision by the makers of the program. And it goes on. Um, Viewers were thrilled with the decision, including the YouTube influencer who shared a clip of the new look of the episode, captioning it, quote, Ludo Studios listened to health professionals and changed the Bluey episode exercise from season three. Uh, here's my feeling on it. I might upset some people, but um, if you're if you're fat, you're fat. <laughs> <laughs> Exercise. I, I don't know. Maybe I wouldn't be a good doctor, Aaron. <laughs> You're fat. You need to exercise. <laughs> Next. <laughs> Listen. That's why I like my doctor. You know, he just pulls no punches. You know, why do my knees hurt all the time? Well, you're carrying a few extra pounds. There, yeah. Right? <laughs> you know, that's, uh, and, you know, I, I've lost some weight since I lost some, and my knees don't hurt as much. Wow. Well, the wonders. So let me ask. Trust the science, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> We've seen where that gets us. Yeah. Um, you know, in that part that I read, is there any part of that that sounded like fat shaming to you? No. There was no part of, oh, wow, look how obese you are. You're disgusting. There was nothing, nothing like that. Nothing like that. It was, hey. I'm getting kind of fat. What do you think I should do? You should exercise. Great idea, Bluey. Next. Yeah. Probably uh, eat a little better, you know? Yeah. Uh, but no. A diet of fast food so, is probably not healthy. So instead of teaching our children that uh, you should eat healthy, exercise, and take care of yourself, we've um, decided that, no, that's okay. You don't have to do those things. Instead... When you become morbidly obese and have health issues, um, you can tell your doctor he's just fat shaming you. You're doing your kids a disservice with this garbage. You're doing a kids, your kids a disservice with this garbage. Uh, we all know the health effects 
of being obese. Okay? It's not, it's not appealing to see Lizzo wear next to nothing. She's obese. She's morbidly obese and unhealthy. She's not healthy. Uh, I'm trying to think of uh, Whoopi Goldberg. Talk about somebody obese and unhealthy. Um, I'm trying to think of some obese people that just don't seem to care. But here's the thing. They well, should. John Candy was one of my favorite um, comedians. Very funny. But as he got older, you can see that, like, hey, John, you need to lose some weight. And, and there were some other things, too. But, John, you need to lose some weight. And he lost his life because... You know, well, yeah, he was you, obese. I mean, there was that. There was uh, some I health mean, issues. Yeah, there's like some there's some obese celebrities that have passed. Uh, I, um, the dude that did the the theme to In Living Color, what was his name? But a rapper, can't think of his name off the top of my head. Okay, um, Heavy D, Heavy D, and the boys, Heavy D. He's, he died in his forties because he was morbidly obese. Okay, I love Heavy D, and I know somebody that worked on that show who said he was a great person. I truly believe that he was. He was morbidly obese. Uh, Chris Farley, morbidly obese. The drugs didn't help. John Can or John uh, Belushi, same thing. Yeah, morbidly obese. Drugs didn't help. Uh, but. You know, everybody wanted to ignore ignore the fact that if you were obese, you had a high chance of dying of COVID. But we didn't want to report that. And I was watching Bill Maher, and he said it. And the woman on his show was like, oh, I can't believe you said that. He said, well, what are you talking about? It's true. But you can't say that. Yeah, Joe Rogan mentioned it. Like, you know. Um, you know, one of the biggest things of COVID was obesity. Uh, yeah. And, uh, he says, I hope this teaches everybody that, you know, you need to uh, strive to be in better health. Yeah. Do not look to Lizzo to be your mentor or your idol or whatever. She's morbidly obese and, uh, uh she's not modest in the way she dresses. It's gross. It's gross. I'm sorry. I'm in agreement. Yeah. And you know what? Uh, I know there's a lot of people out there right now that are pretty afraid, uh, you know, to say anything. But the people that I've talked to all agreed, men and women. It's not attractive to look at. I'm not saying that people that are overweight are unattractive. That's certainly not the case. That's not what I'm saying at all. But when you're someone like Lizzo, who gets up on stage in front of people and dressed in next to nothing and weighing, I don't know what she weighs. She looks like she weighs about three, 350. Um, no. Don't, you don't need to throw that in my face and which is this is why i don't listen or see or go to see her or anything i just don't want to throw it in my face it seems like she advertises you know just you know you can be big all you want to and all that well, um it, it there's a difference 
of uh, being healthy and unhealthy. And clearly, um, I think she's uh, in that unhealthy range. Let me let me put an, uh, a let me put a twist on this one uh, because I'm I'm focusing on Lizzo and maybe unfairly. I'm just picking her out because she's current. Well, it's okay, extremely popular also, and extremely popular. So I, I she may be a great person. I don't know. She may be a great person. I'm just talking about the appearance and the health. Health. That's really what I'm talking about is the health. And when you're when you're you're pushing this kind of uh what they call it body positivity, well, yeah, your mental health may get better, but guess what? Your physical health isn't any better. It's worse because you're ignoring these problems. Uh problems that go along with obesity, high blood pressure, diabetes. Heart failure, just to name a few. Let me ask you this. You know, you know the quote unquote documentary maker, Michael Moore? You know that guy? Yes. You know what he looks like. He's got to be about 400 pounds. Yeah. Morbidly obese. Yep. And uh, I, I don't think anybody would disagree, disagree with me, even when he's completely dressed. He's disgusting to look at. He is a filth of a man, if you want to call him a man. But he's just, even, I can smell the body odor through the pictures I see of him. <laughs> That's how gross that dude is. Okay? Does not look he take, that he takes good care of himself. Absolutely not. And, yeah. and this is my side thing to that, which is when you have as much money as Michael Moore has, you have the ability to fix your situation. There's lots of people out there that can't go out and get tummy tucks and a gastric bypass, and they can't afford it or whatever reason. That guy can. And he chooses to live that sloppy-looking life. He's probably got enough to hire a personal trainer and a personal cook. Exactly. To fix this. Up. Right. So let me ask you, Aaron. Since I was picking on Lizzo and saying that, you know, uh, being 350 pounds and, you know, walking around and almost nothing is really not that attractive to people. Would you be okay with uh, Michael Moore getting out there in a Speedo? <laughs> you okay with that? Yeah, thanks for that image, Dave. Right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, it, I'm throwing you know. it out for all the cancel culture people that want to come after me. I mean, you know, the... I'm not. I'm. I'm being fair across the board, is what I'm saying. I'm, yeah, I think I'm you fat. said. Yeah, I think you said because you're heavy doesn't make you unattractive. It just makes you unhealthy. Yeah. And again, if you let me just put this: if you have a friend that's um, unhealthy, I, I just and you're thinking I don't want to offend them. Um, you're not much of a friend. Yeah, and, and uh, I guess you can say something nice at their funeral. Yeah, uh, because I mean, they're not going to be living very long, uh, being unhealthy. I thought, and, and and today, where you can go to almost any grocery store and get healthy food, um, yeah, it, yeah, uh, it it may cost more. Whole whole um, whole foods. Yeah, Trader Joe's. Um, there's another one, Sprouts. I mean, you can watch a YouTube video how to eat healthy for free out there. 
And so it's a personal choice at this point. Yeah. You, you don't you don't need a personal dietitian or whatever. You can find that on the internet and how to eat healthy and lose weight. And it's a you, personal choice that you have to do. It's a personal choice in yeah. most cases to carry I'm talking morbid obesity, okay? Uh Lizzo morbidly obese, uh, Michael Moore morbidly obese. Go look it up. I'll be Don Lemon here for a second. Yeah. Google it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, you know, uh, let me, I thought of a better way I could clarify what I was trying to say. Clear okay. it up here. Which is, um, do not look to these people as role models. They are not role models. They are not to be emulated. Just not. Okay? If you want to use... Lizzo or Michael Moore as role models for your appearance in your life and your health, uh, you're not going to live that long of a life. It's just a fact. Just a fact. Those people are going to live a little longer because they got more money and they can buy the best doctors in the world. Average Joe, you, 40s, 50s, dude. That's about where you're going to go. You're not going to be 400 pounds at 69 years old. Yeah, I know a young man um, who's pushing 350, 360. And, uh, you know, used to play football, heavy kid. And I keep telling him, I said, hey, uh, you're done playing football. You need to watch what you eat. And you need to start losing some weight. And I I don't say that uh, in a mean way. I say it because I care. If you got a friend out there you care about who's yeah. overweight and eating unhealthy, say something. I don't make help a, them. I don't make a big deal about it. I, I usually don't say things to people because I don't like people watching me eat and then commenting on what I eat. Yeah. Uh that really bothers me. But uh you know, I have had friends that carry around more pounds than they should. Okay. Uh, I don't really mention it to him. I might say something on the sly or, you know, just real subtle. But I'll tell you where you're going to make the most impact if you're a friend. When they start actually losing weight, notice it. Wow, man, you're looking. Keep that up. Because when I lost, you know, 25 pounds in a couple of months, that was my motivator. People just come up to me and go, do you lose weight? Yeah, I, I lost like 25 pounds. Wow, you look good. Keep that up. Don't look to Lizzo. She's not a role model. And and as far as Bluey and the fat shaming, shame on them. You're doing the kids a disservice by not telling them the truth. True. All right, that's All where right. I am. Great show today. You love the barn burner of a show. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you, uh, Rachel Servant, for coming on the show today. Uh, uh, it was uh, thank you, Madeline Rose, for doing that bumper we started the show with today, and uh, you know, talking to us, and hopefully, uh, we'll be able to. Hopefully, we uh, can work, work that out. W- work the schedule out to have them come on the show. Yeah. All and right. So, happy trails. Happy trails. Jesus is a friend of mine
If I ever get that way, oh! 